My name is Padraig Tuma, and I'm often awake in the middle of the night and I like looking at things in the middle of the night, looking out the window or going outside and seeing what's there and listening to the sounds of a city or the countryside in the middle of the night because things sound different then. Things that are strange become familiar or calm down and things that are familiar become very strange. Transubstantiation by Molly McCauley Brown It's the middle of the night. I'm just a little loose on beer and blues and battered air and all the ways this nowhere looks like home. The fields and boarded houses dead with summer. The filling station rowdy with the rumour of another place. Cattle pace the distance between road and gloaming inexplicably awake. And then the bathtubs littered in the pasture for sale or salvage or some secret labour stranger than I know. How does it work again, the alchemy that shapes them briefly into boats and then the bones of great felled beasts and once more into keening copper bells before I even blink? Half a mile out, the city builds back up along the margin. Country songs cut in and out of static on the radio. Lord, most of what I love mistakes itself for nothing. This poem comes as part of an interlude from a book that explores imaginatively the legacy of a building and an institution called the Virginia State Colony for Epileptics and Feeble-Minded, which is a true place. She grew up near it. And this poem is part of the interlude. And in this interlude, we're in a nighttime vista that seems to mistake itself for nothing, an abandoned place. And she's locating us here in rhythm and rhyme and image and The poet is inviting us into the imagination of the poet that says this place is loved, even though it imagines itself as nothing, even though it imagines itself as unlovable. And this isn't charity. I don't think this is a poem that's trying to be pitying or show sympathy. This is a poem where somebody is relaxed and loosened up by beer and is telling the truth. And this is a poem where the poet sees alchemy, sees magic and has a powerful message about the ways in which someone might imagine a place or a person or an area or a population as discardable, useful only, but not valuable for itself and invites us into a different way of looking to see the multiple possibilities of meaning and use and their own magic that people and places have. narrator in this poem has an extraordinary expansive gaze and can see all around from the cattle to the bathtubs to the filling station rowdy with the rumour of another place then there's the city off in the corner this poet knows so much and travels so much in this poem as opposed to falling into a category that somebody might have for a poet who's a wheelchair user and what the expectation of the kind of poetry that that poet might write It's a night poem and I think it's an important thing to recognise that this gloaming light that she speaks about, this strange light that's present in the middle of the night, 
she's speaking about the battered air at the start of the poem. And I always wonder, what is battered? Is it like an old car or an abandoned car? Is this about a former industrial place that's now post-industrial? Why is the air bruised or battered? Maybe something from which much is asked, but little is given back. Maybe there's a lot of factories there. And she sees that this place, this nowhere, nonetheless might look like home. The bathtubs are so interesting. She speaks about the bathtubs being littered in the pasture. Um, I assumed when I read this at the start that if there were bathtubs in the pasture, they're for the cows to drink from, you know, to put water in it and to just use it as a trough. But she has all these questions about the bathtubs. They're for sale or salvage or some secret labour stranger than I know. Suddenly these bathtubs have multiple functions. And then she speaks about them maybe being like a boat somewhere to go or a beast in and of itself or a bell bringing music into it again. And in this gloaming alchemy that she's speaking of, the magic seems to be that this nighttime hour suggests that things have many functions, not just one. And she seems to be introducing to these various things that she can see the possibility that things that think they're just on the road to nowhere could begin to imagine that they can be many things. I get the impression that this is a poet who very muscularly is saying places like this need to learn that they are lovable and loved and can be called this. Um, she's describing this scene with a kind of a home recognition. It doesn't seem beautiful. It seems abandoned, like a halfway place. But the final line, Lord, most of what I love mistakes itself for nothing. I think the usage of the word Lord is so interesting because it reminds you of an old hymn or a kind of a sigh. But she's not saying, Lord, you love all this. It's not God's love that's being invoked. It's her own. It's the poet's love. Most of what I love mistakes itself for nothing. And there's a call from that observation, I think, to consider what would it be like if those places that mistake themselves for nothing, those things that mistake themselves for nothing, actually could begin to believe themselves to be something. What does it mean to take yourself that you might have mistaken for nothing into the self that you might have thought as a halfway or something that people just pass through or abandoned or something that needs to be fixed or is unfixable? What would it mean to pay attention to that and to consider that love is an economy that can bring something powerful? This poem is called Transubstantiation, and that's the word that Catholics use to describe what happens when the ordinary elements of bread and wine get inhabited by the presence of God during the communion and are changed then into the body and blood of Christ. And this poem seems to be imagining that the ordinary stuff of an agricultural suburb caught between blues and country in places where things shift and people only pass through, this poem seems to imagine that this can be transformed into something. And the question is, is by who? What is the transubstantiation? Who's the priest here? And it seems to be the poet is the priest here, uh, looking around at a place that seems functional, industrial, maybe tired and battered, and is giving a name to a place that considers itself to have no name, is giving something sacred to something that considers itself desecrated.
I grew up in a village, Carrigaline, on the outside of Cork City. I liked it. We were on the edges of that village. Um, there was a lovely view across the fields. There was lots of places that weren't finished off. You know, somebody had had an imagination of building a house and had run out of money. So there was abandoned building sites around the place. But they were beautiful in the sunset and the sunrise. And I always liked the whole area. It's it's much more built up now, which I sometimes feel sad about. But I'm glad that people have found their home in that village. I hear sometimes people say something about the village to say, oh, you know, it's a bit of a shithole. It's a place that you pass through to get to the beach. But it's impossible for me to hear the name of the village without even uh, this sense of all the love and loneliness that went into growing up in a village. The way that I knew the faces of all the teachers and every person in a school, the way that you knew the faces around the village, the ways that I wished for more friends and didn't have any, all the, the loathing and the longing and the loving that goes into being a teenager. As an adult now, I return to that place and the streets and the shops are filled with my experiences of those. And I can't see this as just another little village because it was the village that I grew up in. And it's filled with my own story and how I have projected myself into those things and how those things formed me too. Transubstantiation by Molly Macaulay Brown It's the middle of the night I'm just a little loose on beer and blues and battered air and all the ways this nowhere looks like home the fields and boarded houses dead with summer the filling station rowdy with the rumour of another place cattle pace the distance between road and gloaming inexplicably awake and then the bathtubs littered in the pasture for sale or salvage or some secret labour stranger than I know. How does it work again, the alchemy that shapes them briefly into boats and then the bones of great felled beasts and once more into keening copper bells before I even blink? Half a mile out, the city bills back up along the margin. Country songs caught in and out of static on the radio. Lord, most of what I love mistakes itself for nothing. Transubstantiation comes from Molly McCulley Brown's book, The Virginia State Colony for Epileptics and Feeble-Minded. Thank you to Persia Books, who gave us permission to use Molly's poem. Read it on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is... Chris Hegel, Aaron Colasacco, Siri Grassley, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell, Karen Navar Wiki, Karen Towie, Suarisa, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gautham Trikishen and Blue Dot Sessions. 
This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.